0: Hello and welcome to The Dark Songbird. Today we will hear the story of Miguel and Sofia and their encounter with El Choro Negro, who is a figure from Mexican folklore. Today's episode is dedicated to little binkers. Don't worry, this one's not as scary. There is a mission town in Veracruz, Mexico that has seemed to have been overlooked by modern society. Walking down the charming cobblestone streets, you get the feeling that residents live today as they did decades ago. Cell phones haven't polluted time spent with friends and family here, because the mountains have cut off any service to this mountain sanctuary. A landline is the only tether to the outside world, and to keep current, many of the residents meet up for coffee to share news about the prior day's events, in actual face-to-face conversations. Residents here have a very strong sense of community, and crime is virtually non-existent. This small village of happy, helpful people dedicated to their own individual crafts has created a metaphorical goldmine in the tourism industry. People from all over the world escape to this small mountain village to unplug from modern society and get back to a simple life of carefree living, even if it's just for a weekend. Sophia and Miguel have both lived in this small town for the past 18 years, which is to say they have lived in the same place their entire lives. Miguel's father operates a ranch that takes tourists on guided day trips by horseback. Every day, Miguel wakes up early to help his father with the horses. He enjoys spending his days outside in nature, taking his guests on the various rides through the mountains. It's a simple life, but he is happy. Sophia's parents operate one of the hotels in town, and her work days start much later than Miguel's because she has to wait for guests to check out before she can begin cleaning the rooms. This affords her the occasional opportunity to help Miguel with the shorter rides. And on those days, Miguel tells himself that he's going to ask Sophia to be his girlfriend. But he never does. Miguel and Sophia have been best friends since childhood. And Miguel knows that Sofia secretly wants to move away from the village and live a fast-paced, flashy life in Mexico City. She would tell him how she could get a job at a modeling agency, travel the world, and get VIP access to all the nicest clubs, but her parents would never allow it. Their plan for her was to take over the family hotel. Because of this, Sofia confided to Miguel that she was going to run away and made him swear he wouldn't tell anyone. Miguel reluctantly agreed. A week later, Sophia had planned to execute her escape, but just as she was about to leave the house, she saw a dark figure move into the shadows across the street. Fearing that she would be discovered before she even had a chance to leave, she postponed her plan. The next day, Unaware that Sofia had already tried to run away, Miguel had asked her to reconsider her plan, but she wouldn't. That night, Sofia collected her things in a small backpack and was sneaking out of the house again when she saw a stranger hiding in the shadows across the street. She decided this time she would not retreat, but would instead sneak out the back so as to avoid the stranger in the front. There was a higher risk of being discovered by her parents by going out the back, but she was determined. Very carefully, she snuck past her parents' bedroom window. She lifted the latch to the gate and opened it slowly. Surprisingly, there wasn't a sound, which was unusual to her because she knew the gate would normally make a loud squeaking sound, but this time it didn't. She thought to herself, this is a sign. She's on the right path and that she will fulfill her destiny. Sophia intended to make her escape on her small motorcycle, but with the stranger watching out front and her parents' bedroom so close, she opted to push the bike down the street a little before starting it up. She got about a block away from her house when she heard someone running down the street towards her. It was the stranger. They were running towards her at full sprint. Sophia was in a panic. She had never felt like she was in danger before, Her town was such a nice place to live, crime didn't exist. Who was this person chasing after her? Sophia slammed down on the Kickstarter, but nothing happened. The bike didn't start. She kicked it again, no luck. The stranger was almost to her. She looked down at the handlebars and realized that the kill switch was set to off. She switched it to on and kicked it again. The bike roared to life, and she was off, narrowly escaping the stranger who had almost caught her. The full moon illuminated the warm summer night as Sofia traveled on down the road. She could smell the colitas in full bloom on the warm breeze. In the back of her mind, she wondered who had chased after her, but they were gone now. She was alive and she was free. Mexico City was about two hours away. Sofia was enjoying her scenic ride through the countryside, but she was also becoming increasingly excited about the thought of becoming a famous model in traveling the world. She knew all she needed to do was find a nice club where she could meet some people and make some connections. The details would sort themselves out. Before she knew it, she had reached the city. It was different than what she had expected. The tourists she had talked to made it seem like a paradise, but her daydreams were not matching her reality. There was graffiti everywhere and people were yelling at her as she rode by. She was tempted to turn back, but just then, she saw the name of a club she had heard about, Neon Dreams. She parked her bike in a small alley around the corner and primped herself before heading to the front door of the club. Sophia had heard from all the tourist girls that if you just bypass the line and act like you own the place, the security guards at the front will pull back the velvet rope and let you pass right in. So that's what she intended to do. She walked right past the line, straight up to the security guard and waited for what she knew would inevitably happen next. But to her surprise, he looked her dead in the face and said, Miss, please wait in line. Sophia was dumbfounded. Why hadn't her plan worked? She didn't have a response, didn't know what to do, so she simply turned around and went to wait in line. While waiting in line, she thought that although not being able to skip the line was a minor inconvenience, it wasn't really a big deal. The rest of her plan was going to work out perfectly. Sophia eventually made it to the front of the line and was able to get inside. This was an environment she had never seen before. The sound of music was so loud she couldn't hear a word anyone was saying. The lights and lasers were flashing so intensely she began to feel nauseous. The smell of spilled alcohol and sweaty people was intensifying her nausea. She ran outside. And that's when it hit her. She hadn't been inside for more than five minutes. She walked around the alley where her motorcycle had been parked, but it was gone. Someone had stolen her bike and her backpack. She had nothing. She was feeling so dejected, she began to cry. In the distance, she heard mission bells. She didn't know what else to do, so she wiped her tears and walked towards the calling bells. As she emerged from the alley, a man on the sidewalk greeted her. He was a tall, handsome man in a black choro suit. She could immediately tell from the fine silver embroidery that he was a man of wealth and refinement. The man asked Sophia if she was heading inside the club, to which she replied, absolutely not. She informed him that she was heading over to the mission. He offered to escort her there, and normally she would have objected, But his voice was kind, and his demeanor was gentle. And she was in fact all alone. She agreed. The man introduced himself as Kimmy. Together, Sophia and Kimmy walked past the entrance of the club. And as they reached the far side of the building, the man reached out for the thin leather reins of a jet black horse. Large and muscular, the horse was bigger than any she had ever seen. For a fleeting moment, she thought about Miguel and her days spent guiding tourists through the mountains, and she questioned why she had ever left. Her thought was interrupted when Kimmy asked, Shall we? She said yes, and they proceeded. The man asked Sophia why she had been crying. She was embarrassed, but confessed her entire night's sequence of events. Being chased by a stranger, yelled at on the streets, her embarrassment at the club, she relived the entire night's sequence of events and explained that it was all for a vain existence of a perceived VIP lifestyle. Kimmy laughed and then said to her that he could make all of her dreams come true. He revealed that he was very powerful and that she could have anything her heart's desired. All that he would require in return was that she ride on his horse. Sophia thought this was an unusual request, but her feet were hurting anyways so why not? She turned towards the horse and reached out, but something in the back of her mind said no, don't touch this animal. She couldn't explain why, it was just a feeling she had. Sophia declined the offer. Together they continued walking. A few moments later, they turned the corner and there stood the mission. It reminded her of home, a place she felt safe. Kimmy asked Sophia if she wanted to take him up on his offer. Sophia said she needed to think about it, but would meet him at the club the next day with an answer. The man smiled, tipped his hat, and wished her good night. Sophia went inside the mission, found an empty pew, and fell asleep. A few hours later, she felt someone sit down on the pew beside her. Sophia looked up and saw a nun watching over her. The nun smiled and said her name was Victoria and that her father had called the mission looking for her. Victoria explained that she had been tasked with getting Sophia home and that she could sleep in the car if she wanted, but that they needed to leave now. Sophia figured at a minimum she could get more supplies and return to the city to find Kimmy another day. She agreed, followed Victoria to the car, and together they headed off down the road towards Sophia's home. Before she knew it, they were pulling up to Sophia's house. Victoria hadn't asked for directions once, and the trip seems to have gone by in the blink of an eye. Sophia didn't know what time it was, but it was still dark out. The lights inside her home were off, and this confused her because she thought her parents would be up waiting for her, but perhaps they wanted to address it in the morning, when they had had some time to cool off. Either way, Sophia was happy to be home. She thanked Victoria and went inside and went to bed. The next morning, Sophia could hear her family in the kitchen making breakfast. Everyone was in good spirits, but Sophia was dreading what she thought was inevitable. She mustered the courage to get out of bed and face her family. But to her surprise, they treated her as though nothing had happened. She couldn't believe it, but if they weren't going to say anything, she wasn't going to. She called over to Miguel's house and asked if she could meet him for coffee. He eagerly agreed and said he had something very important to tell her. She felt like she had lots to tell him as well, so they agreed to meet as soon as possible. As Sophia was leaving her house, she saw that her motorcycle was sitting in its normal place. How weird, she thought. Had everything been a dream? She was too confused to process it then, and just headed off to meet Miguel. When Sophia got to the cafe, Miguel was already there waiting for her. He urged her to sit down because what he was going to tell her may frighten her. Miguel told Sofia that two weeks ago, he had had a nightmare about Sofia going to the capital and meeting El Chorro Negro. He explained that El Chorro Negro was a well-dressed cowboy who would offer her anything she wanted but as payment would steal her soul. And that he didn't say anything to her about it because he knew she wanted to pursue a modeling career and and that if he had claimed that the devil was trying to steal her soul, it might come off as clingy. And he didn't want to come off as clingy or crazy because he loved her and he had always loved her and had been staying up every night for the past two weeks, keeping watch over her house just in case she did attempt to run away. And if she did, only then would he warn her that if she ever happened to come across a well-dressed cowboy wearing a black Toro suit, riding the most beautiful black stallion she had ever seen, that it was actually the devil who will go by many different names, but that she should not accept a ride on this horse if offered because that is what binds your soul to hell, and that everyone has a choice to accept or decline his offers, because selling your soul is done with free will. But that he, Miguel, the man who has loved, only one woman ever in his life, fell asleep while standing watch over that woman, and he couldn't bear the thought of losing her. And so here he is, confessing his love and his crazy nightmare in hopes that she will not see him as a crazy person, but someone who genuinely cares. Sophia stood there a minute, quietly processing everything Miguel had just said. Then she replied, Miguel, I love you too.